1: FlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yikes. It's like the eye of Sairon. Sauron. <laughs> so are you a Lord of the Rings fan? Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, me too.
2: You know when all those movies were coming out? there was a really good friend of mine and his wife was working on, she worked like in the publicity department or something. Yeah. And she used to get like our whole posse. We'd we'd get invited to the press shows. So like it would always be in like the nicest, biggest theater in New York. And there'd be like literally like, 15 press people there and then like 30 of like all of us like friends and like yeah. free popcorn. Nice. And we'd get to see the movie like the week before it came out but like it's also gangster. like in the nicest theater with oh. just like our 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 team and like free free snacks.
1: Did you dress up as Gandalf or no. anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> no wizard costumes. No, wasn't necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of movies, I was just like, you know, I was waiting for you to come on and I'm like, you know, let's let's hit Wikipedia just to get the brain moving, you know, so you read a couple things. things. And on this day in 1972 is when the Uruguayan Air Force flight 571 crashed into the Andes and they didn't find the guys until two months later which I'm pretty sure is what that movie Alive oh, yeah. was made after when right. they started eating each other's frozen bodies up in the Andes. <laughs> pretty crazy. Dude, that is such a random,
2: rando, like, fucking thing to come up with, Benny.
1: That movie fucked me up. And Cannibals came up the other day. My children, I don't know where they said, but they're like, we're going to cut our dad's head off. I'm like, all right, you know, like... <laughs> If that's how you want to play it. And uh, I was like, you know, they're, I'm like, and they're like, we said something about eating me. And I was like, oh, you guys are cannibals, huh? And I had to explain what a cannibal was. I said, nah, they don't exist in the world. It's just like a made up thing, like, like monsters. And I'm like, wait, is cannibalism still going on somewhere in the world right now? Like, or is it totally like, like infanticide, like something that was, Widely known throughout the world, like 500 years ago, is kind of like mostly gone. I is think cannibalism like mostly gone? I think it's supposed to be gone, but
2: yeah, you, you never know, dude. I mean, it's, it's got to be
1: some pockets. There's
2: some buried, you know, buried yeah. tribes out there that nobody, they're not, you know, they're not being watched over. So who knows? Even
1: beyond tribes, like there's even like parts of America. Where like the cops and normal people don't really go back there, you know, like weird <laughs> parts of the woods and and desert and stuff that people don't really like. Oh yeah. Go like maybe like someone dies and they're like, shit, we had a bad like crop season. Like we might as well like fuck with a leg or something. I don't know. This be. is what I think about all the time with history, Brad, is is the types of things that we're learning about in the last like 50 years when phones and worldwide communication was possible. People like hate globalism in that way. But the one thing I think about is that like nobody can go unchecked anymore. You know, like there's no like society in the world that can be like, you know what? We need crops. We had a bad rain season. We need to kill 150 babies. (laughs) And, and roll them off this staircase, <laughs> right. which, like, used to happen all the time in the world because there were just these, like, pockets of civilization that just convinced themselves of all this crazy shit just being, like, drunk and bored in the middle of nowhere for 100 years and convinced themselves that you got to slaughter, you know, babies to grow crops the next year. And no one was around, like, you know, reading it on their phones being like, oh, no, like, you, you shouldn't do that. And then generations of people were raised to believe that you needed to slaughter babies to grow corn. So this is kinda of what I'm into, like globalism, you know. I mean, you, I, I'm,
2: Benny, is your new house like on a on an Indian burial ground or something? I'm like, <laughs>
1: I mean there's <laughs> What's actually a pretty good chance of that <laughs> you know why it's called the Delaware River is the Delaware Indians, right. you know? Well, um, yeah. I mean I, there's depth to the forest. God knows what happened here. I don't know. Fucking God knows what George Washington and his friends did around here. Could could have been crazy. Cannibalism. So do you think I'm feeling
2: something like that? I don't know, dude. You're just taking this on a pretty bizarre tangent.
1: This is going off track, isn't it? Ah, touche. Isn't this our program? Touche, senor. (laughs) Isn't this our program? I think Jenny would be into it. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> she was fun. What a fun interview. Oh, yes. That wasn't even an interview. That was just like a fun hang. It's I felt like we could out. have been on the phone for like another hour. You know? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That She's was good. awesome. She, She's awesome. She would definitely be into this conversation. I'm sure. But we
1: learned a lot. We learned a lot about baking. We learned a lot about guitar, about sculpture. Yeah, about said. uh. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. A lot about Bad Cop, Bad Cop, way the lyrics are I don't know. It was a cool interview. I had a lot of fun with her.
2: She's a person of many talents.
1: I like that. Yeah. And I really was like, went on to her website. You know, I, I don't know. I think one cool thing about Jenny is like, I, I meet a lot of musicians who are like, oh, yeah, I'm a musician, but I also do this and this. Like, she sort of presents herself equally as an artist and as a, you know, a speaker and all these things, like as well as a musician, it's not like this sole preoccupation to her life, you know. Right, right. And we even found some common ground there on a uh, not really missing playing shows that much. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like a dick saying because I see these people tweeting every day and shit, like with this utter desperation, right? And I'm like, yeah, I've been playing like probably like at least a show a week. On average, yeah. since I was like 12 years old, you know, that's got gray hairs. Dude. Yeah, yeah. You, it's you like, need to take a like, break. It's like, like I said in the interview, I mean, I desperately miss sitting in a room with people and playing loud music and creating a song and finishing a song and doing things, you know, that stuff. That's like a, an innate thing that you can't get rid of. But yeah, I don't know. Shows? Eh, just get annoying. At some point you'll, you'll miss them. No, I'm starting to already. Yeah, I bet I definitely am. I definitely am. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's it's that physical thing. I think we talked about it in the interview with the guy from Clutch. It's like, you know, uh I don't know, carrying drums around sucks. Right. It's just annoying. (laughs) It just gets annoying. Maybe it's like the sheer fact that I like just don't have to do that for a little while. That's kind of nice, you know?
2: It is there is a lot of uh there is a lot of annoying and just pain-in-the-ass shit to being, doing shows, touring. It's almost like doing a one-off is even more is more of a pain-in-the-ass than being on the road, because you're going to do the rhythm, at least,
1: on the road, right? Way worse. Yeah. I find it so much more jarring, you know? It's like you're going for tour. It's like you're just mixing up your life. Yeah, yeah. You're taking all your shit. You're packing it to go. Yeah, like you said, within, you know, four or five days, like, Your, your packing is all set, your unpacking is set. People's roles are being defined, how you're setting up your kid at what time, the schedule of your day. And then, yeah, before you know it, it's like, it's, it's, it's insanity, but it's clockwork. It's like something you can count on. Yeah. And then when you're, you know, basically like, you know, as a drummer and especially in the situation I've been in the last few years, with not only uh, having to transport drums, but having to transport drums that don't even live at my house is like to play one show, especially a couple hours away or something. You know, you sit back and you go, Holy shit, I just spent like 36 hours to play a 30 minute show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You start like weighing like the time. This is like, ah, that, that's, I, I wish I could. Go play another show. Cause right. Because then this would make all this fucking worth it. Well, now i got to go right back into the practice space. I was nice and settled in <laughs> and do that again. Yeah, it, it's a lot, man.
2: And then half the time, you don't even get to revel in it. Like,
1: you usually have to no. pack up after the show. Oh, you like- done. <laughs> you're like, what, are you spending the night in Boston? Right. No, exactly. I'm driving back. <laughs> you're going to show up at this practice space at 4.30 in the morning yep. with all these drums Just- and walk home. And then you lose another day. It's like it's like when you take ecstasy, you know what I mean? Like the high is not the full thing. You're high for a long time, but then you can't do anything else for like 12 hours after. So you have to equate that time into your drug use. You know, if you're going to drive me home from Boston and make me load out at 430 in the morning, I need like another half a day to oh, recover yeah. another from that. day, dude. <laughs> you want me to be, I don't have a day. I don't have a day. I got kids. Oh wow, well. It was easier. It was easier when I left nothing I cared about. Yeah. And everything I cared about was out there. Right. You know? Right. Definitely right. changes it. Wow, I'm on so a lot of tan maybe it's because you called me at scotch o'clock tonight. Oh yeah, baby. Look at that. That's a big glass of scotch, Benny. <laughs> I was just saying that, uh, in my episode of the tune up, he was, we were joking about that guy, Travis Scott, that pop star mm-hmm. is, uh, doing a collaboration with McDonald's where you go in and you get like the Travis Scott meal and like exclusive merchandise <laughs> as part of it. And then that guy, Jay Balvin's got one coming up where you order fucking two burgers and like an Oreo McFlurry. And apparently it's his meal. <laughs> But he asked me what uh, companies I would, I would you know, shill right. for. Right, right. And I was like, there's a couple single malt companies Hell yeah, I'm- that could get me to be. And I said <laughs> I would do it like Bill Murray in Lost in Translation, like it's Sunturi time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe get like a velvet smoking jacket, an ascot, like Ooh. try to do it classy. You'd look you know? good in that outfit, dude. Thank you. I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. I don't know. Let, let's listen to this great interview. I'm, I'm going to just go crazy if we keep talking. Yeah. It's, going
0: on! it's going well.
2: We're good. But- <clears throat> My health
1: check passed.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Barely. I know. I know. Quarantine hasn't been good for me with that. No? Now, nah, Well, at first, it was rad because. I You know, I thought, like, my first instinct was, like, oh, no, I'm going to be home, like, all the time. I'm going to kind of, like, eat, like, shit, maybe, like, stressy or something. But I kind of right. had, like, a reverse survival reaction where in one fail swoop, I stopped eating out altogether, which is kind right. of a bad habit of mine. And then also, I'm pretty paranoid. I have kids and stuff. So I was, like... I was not about going to the market. I didn't know if markets were going to be bare. We're going to have like 28 days later kind of shit going on. So late at night, if I had like, I was like, oh, I could go for a bowl of cereal, you know? (laughs) Uh, And then I was like, wait, that's one less morning meal for the kids. Whoa. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I was in like, I was getting in that kind of mindset. So at first... That was counterbalancing how much scotch I was drinking at night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so and you're sort kind of, of a cleanse.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then I got used to it, like everyone else, you know, slipping the bad habits again. I'm like, oh, Dunkin' Donuts is probably safe. Um, <laughs> and now that – but the scotch is still going on with the food. So, you know, I'm I'm a little weighty right now. There's like only – only, like, a few t-shirts I feel comfortable in right now. <laughs> a lot of my, like, old regulars aren't feeling so good, and I need to, like, work my way back into them.
0: You'll get there. Um, I did a- the opposite. It was, oh. like, I started this thing and was, like, fuck, yeah, snacks and cookies. And then <laughs> it was, like, what, what are we doing here? Like, you know, you know, if I'm eating a cookie, like, three times a day, what the fuck am I doing here? This is no longer a treat. It's just what I do. And then it was, like, Then I was like, well, you got a bunch of free time, so you might as well go outside (laughs) because everything's closed and like, yeah, so that was, it was, it was good. I'm glad it was the opposite for me because I'm sort of like prone to uh, fluctuations in body type. I hear (laughs) you. I'm like, I'm like week
1: to week. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you legitimately bake though, right? Like you're a real baker.
0: I do. And the thing about that is that it's like, it's this innocuous sugar consumption thing because it's like, because if I'm baking, I'm like, Oh, it's around all the time. So I don't need to like eat cake or like something that I made. But then there is like a little bit of like, Oh, this broke. I'll just take a bite. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? Or like, and then it's like, why are you do, you know what this tastes like already? And, and then I was before. Right before the pandemic started, I was working at this bakery like all the time and was like, yeah, I don't really eat the stuff there. And then I thought about it later after I like left that place and was like, whoa, sugar is crazy for you. It turns out, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my body kind of normalized from being away uh, from it. And I was like, wow, yeah, yeah. you were, you were really just kind of sampling a lot of this um
1: but you kind of have to right like like how you can't trust like a sober bartender like you need you need to like taste the product right when you're cooking it
0: well yes and no i mean if i'm making a new recipe i have to taste it but if it's the same uh, buttercream recipe i've been using for 3 years there's really no reason that i should be tasting it unless true. it like smells off you know
1: <laughs> and baking baking's a lot more about that like precision measurement kind of stuff right more than yeah like, oh, it's I'm measured with, like you're not like making a sauce
0: no yeah there's no <laughs> the tomato doesn't t- dictate how it's going to turn so you were working
1: at a bakery what, what's what's that like is you got to wake up super early that kind of that kind of vibe or is it more like decorative uh, cake kind of stuff
0: well, good for you for knowing the difference between the two, and I was working at kind of the second. I mean, I did okay. get up early, but it wasn't like people that I know. They're like, I'm up at 3.30, thirty I spent a two-week two yeah.
1: run when I was 17 as a bagel baker. There Actually, you go. probably closer to about a month, so I learned. <laughs> I learned the hard way about... What it takes to get to get fresh bread in people's mouths by like six in the morning.
0: Yeah, bre- yeah. That's like the crazy sick thing about that is that like the breakfast carbs are only good that day. And some poor person gets up at three thirty to do that for you. And then tomorrow they're significantly discounted, you know?
1: Yeah. And at um, that point in my life, it was it wasn't getting up. It was just we're pushing through. Yeah. You know, I was just like, <laughs> it's already like one. in I'm out with my friends. Like, yeah. Cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Like one more beer, <laughs> then a Mountain Dew, then I'll go to work. It's it's amazing I'm alive, you know? <laughs> I, uh,
0: yeah, that just takes me back to being a young person with a job <laughs> where you're like, I figured it out. I just won't go to bed. <laughs> yeah. I'll be great at my job, but I'll show up really sweaty and like looking like a glazed donut and people are going <laughs> to trust me with their food. Uh, yeah. No, it wasn't like that. Um. It was cakes. It was like a lot of, which is like, uh, I would get all these like intense customers that are like, they think they're asking the right questions, but it's like they're, they don't know what they're talking about. And they kind of like bully bully you into being like, is the cake fresh? When are you baking the cake? If it's for Saturday, it's like, well, honestly, I'm probably baking it on Thursday. Like, you know, like you don't. I'm not going to tell you that because you don't understand why, but like it's sealed in butter. (laughs) That's what, what is the reason?
1: What is the reason why?
0: Because of, because, okay. on those like baking shows where like, like nailed it, where they're like, look at these clowns that don't know what they're doing. They're kind of like (laughs) tricking them because you only have 45 minutes and you have to bake and frost something like that's,
1: not possible. You okay, can't, that's not reality.
0: Yeah, you have to let something cool, and it's right. better if it cools naturally than, like, if you throw it in the freezer, um, and then, you know what I mean? And it needs to be kind of room temperature before you can frost it, otherwise you're going to get yourself into other problems. Like, if you frost a very cold cake, it will sweat The frosting will, like, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of, like, waiting for things to be. And
1: what, and if it's, like, if it's a little too warm, what, it'll break apart?
0: Oh, it'll just melt off. It's like, yeah.
1: (laughs) So I don't uh, think about this stuff.
0: Yeah, it's okay. I mean, this is frosting was invented as, like, a way to seal up a baked good and make it last longer. And
1: then, (laughs) really? Really? Wow. What's, like, the first, like, known instance of frosting, like, in the world?
0: I don't know, but that's a good question. And probably it wasn't very good.
1: (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? It's
0: like, did you guys ever, I think it's a Bill Bryson book called like At Home or something. It's like the history of life in a home okay? and like, and all this stuff, like everything, like religion, like patriarchy, where we're like, it's just always been like that. It's like, no, it hasn't. It's only been like that for like a (laughs) hundred years. And then a hundred years before that, it was completely fucking different and like, he gets into, like, a lot of cooking, and that was pretty. Huh. Uh,
2: I didn't know that about the icing, but I did know that, like, fish and chips, that the breading was originally, that was the same reason, was to keep the moisture in, and that people didn't eat the breading.
0: I didn't oh. know that, just but I did keep, know that that's the, the, the logic of a, pa- a pasty, those, like, delicious handheld pot pies. It was oh, like, so It's like good. a minor food, so then you have your, like, coal miner hands, and you just, like, don't eat the breading you know, only eat the
1: middle but the bread is so yeah that's that. yeah that's like my favorite part <laughs> but maybe it used to be like we're probably you know making it seem better than it was because we've had like oh go to the pasty shop in England <laughs> <laughs> you know and that bread's like covered in like butter and egg yeah. mixture and all this who knows the kind of like rock hard yeah. you know minor bread that like all the meat was stuffed in you know oh my it god probably, did you anyway, guys yeah.
0: see Sweeney Todd the one with a long,
1: like a long time ago. That
0: was the musical, right? Yeah, I think so. I just I remember the movie with like I think it was like Johnny Depp and Joanna yeah, Lumley, yeah, but like yeah. those uh-huh. pies were. I mean, obviously they're full of people, but they were so gross looking. <laughs> I was like, oh <laughs> shit, this is what food looked like.
1: <laughs> it served, yeah. I guess it, you forget that it served a much more like utilitarian purpose. Not right. that long ago, you know. Yeah. You, you know, people like. Even my grandfather, his family would, you know, take bones from the animal and make soups. and Yeah. Like, you know, that, that, that didn't happen
0: that, that long ago. No. I love like, I mean, it's a weird thing in our culture where people have decided only to use like the driest, most flavorless part of the meat. Right. And yeah. then everything else is deemed like scrap meat. But it's like, right. you idiots. That's the good stuff. Yeah. Scrapple's delicious. I wish it
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's coming from a long time vegetarian, but it's still good. It's still really good. I, can't I remember
0: it. it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, like, um, so when you worked at that place, uh, were you doing really like elaborate, like wedding cakes? And th- were you getting to use your, your artistic side more, more, as much as your baking side?
0: Yeah. Well, my baking side was like just a, uh, experimental home baking,
1: okay.
0: which I always, like, enjoyed that, but I, and I think, kind of think the only reason I was any good at it is because it is kind of, like, a 3D medium, like, you know what I mean? I just wanted to make something that looked, I remember I would make, like, you know, like, boob cakes or, like, (laughs) you know, a cake that looks like a pile of dog shit for, like, my friends in high school, and, like, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing, but then I kind of stumbled into this job as like a part-time cookie decorator and then wound up being the only baker there for a while. And then, um, it's like a very cute place with like a lot of rainbows and unicorns and stuff, which is like an aesthetic that I am really comfortable with. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so I just started making things look crazy and cute. And then that became kind of like, people would be like, yeah, I want that You know, also Pinterest drives a lot of baking industry Uh, stuff. And there's like this popular uh, formula for a unicorn cake where you like stick a horn in the top of a round cake and put some eyes on it. And for some reason, it's like very, very, very popular, even though it doesn't really look like a unicorn. I did a lot of those. Um, But I also did some crazy stuff. It was fun.
1: And people make those funny videos. My wife just showed me that the other day. It was like, I had no idea this scene existed with like at-home chefs who post these videos of like the ingredients of their like, you know, yogurt and granola breakfast to this like hit music wherever they are. (laughs) These like weird, like, you know, uh, chia seeds and honey, you know, like listing the bowl of food to this like. You know, hip L.A. music.
0: I um, don't know about this. It's but
1: like I, widely popular. She, it's the corniest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like I couldn't imagine <laughs> in any context. I told her that if she wanted to make those videos, I would like set myself in the back, like with a sleeveless shirt and like a cheesy gordita crunch.
0: And just like <laughs> right. totally blow up your spot. That would be a really good spoof, I think. <laughs> like,
1: um, I'm like, you want to go viral
0: you yeah, know. you need my <laughs> right. help. Uh, yeah. Guess,
1: yeah, it is kind of like sculpture, isn't it? Because I see on those cooking shows that they're using like sculpting tools, the same you would, you know, sculpting clay or something, right?
0: Yeah, and there's like, like fondant is a little bit like Play-Doh. I don't really work with it, but. Um,
2: I have a major problem with the fondant. I don't oh, it's disgusting. It. Like, what is it, Brad? You, fondant is like what's on wedding cakes, and it tastes like yeah. shit. It's awful. you watch all those cooking shows and they make all this incredible stuff, but they're making it out of inedible. They might as well be using clay. So
0: I feel exactly the same way about it. Good. Um, yeah, I, I use buttercream frosting and like cookies too. And sometimes like a rice crispy inside Mm. and then you put frosting on the outside. So it's all, all delicious and edible. Um,
2: That's how it should be.
0: Yeah, i I'm like fondant is like it's cheating. about as edible as like whatever yoga mat shit they were putting in Subway bread. Like
1: technically what is, what is it? Like what's actually in it?
0: I think it's like a marshmallow that's been reduced, but I've never made it because it's vile and I don't believe but it.
2: But you know what <laughs> it is, right, Benny? It's like on wedding cakes. It's like that yeah. dense kind of like clay.
1: It's not very sweet. Yeah, it looks like yeah. the linoleum wrap, like what you would wrap you, drums in. Yeah. <laughs> yes! Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it looks
0: yeah. pretty similar. It's a, yeah. it's a related product, yeah. It
1: tastes bad. Wedding cakes are bad, yeah. usually. They and are I, bad! I would rather, I, you, would, you might as well toss, like, just toss a fucking uh, Entenmann's box on each right. table. <laughs> And people would be so much <laughs> totally happier. Yeah. It was really hard. And you got to be yeah. lucky. Like if you actually get like a fun part of the top, it's usually oh, some God. bullshit slice, you know? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not into it.
0: No, yeah. I also like, I'm very like, oh, very excited to see a cake at any party with a cake and also to try it. And a lot of times I'm kind of bummed and disappointed. Like, yeah. why is this not good? There's no real reason for that, you know?
1: What's your go-to? Like, say you're having company and you don't have, like, a lot of time and you just need to go to, like, your old industry standard that you know is, like, dope and you can do blindfolded. Like, what is
0: it? <laughs> well, if I have company over, what I do, I usually make um, and have around like sh- like, cookie dough, like, already measured out in the freezer into, like, little balls. Okay. So that's like a good fast trick. Because, She's ready to
1: go,
0: yeah. Yeah, and, like, and then the house smells good and everyone's like, wow, you just made these. And it's like, well, I just, I just baked oh. them. I made them like a couple of weeks ago. But like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a good one. And then also I feel like it's less intimidating. Sometimes people are like, like if I were to put out a cake, I think people would be like, oh, God, what, you know. This is too much. Um, unless uh, like, there's like an like, occasion, you know? Like
1: they'd feel like underdressed, like they're at a right. cotillion or something. <laughs> right.
0: yeah. You should have put on pants with a waistband. I didn't yeah. know that we were having cake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. It does feel formal, like you're too many courses or something.
0: <laughs> but yeah. that would be pretty funny to just spring on somebody without any... Really necessary context for it of like a tiered cake on like a Tuesday. We're eating tacos. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. definitely got like the closest
1: I've ever come is just getting getting really stoned to taking my dog for a walk and then showing back up to my house with an ice cream cake. That, ha- <laughs> that has happened a couple times. Uh, <laughs> this is, one, this is one really good place with a walk up window. You know, sometimes you just gotta live a little. Damn. You do. I love
2: me some ice cream cake if I had a fucking oh. place that had good ice cream cake nearby I'd be in big yeah.
1: you know what yeah. they, they, Not fairly recently someone served me an ice cream cake and it was for like a celebration of mine too and it didn't have the chocolate crunchies in it and I was like what the fuck is this I, was, I couldn't say anything because people were being really nice but it was like I was like are you fucking kidding me You know, this is like giving me like a mixed vegetable pizza or just like something stupid. Like (laughs) you're ruining like the best basic combination of flavors with all these extras, you know?
0: What are the chocolate crunchies? Like chocolate chips in the ice cream? Yeah, like those little chocolate,
1: the hard chocolate crunchies that run in the middle of an ice cream cake. So normally between like the chocolate and vanilla layer, maybe. But do you, you have know? cake
2: in your cake? Because I'm talking about ice cream cake with actual cake in it.
1: Oh, that's dope, too. That's You're talking about step. like a Carvel. junior shit. Yeah. You're talking I about am a kind of talking about Carvel. <laughs>
0: yeah. I've never seen one of those in real life. It's just ice cream shaped like a cake.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but with crunchies in the middle. That's a carvel yeah, like cake. crunchies in the middle. What
0: are like crunchies? Okay, uh,
1: I didn't realize this was like sort of a, a pedestrian. Is this a pedestrian
0: thing? No,
2: Carvel is East Coast though, dude. Oh, yeah, man. I know. <laughs>
0: right. I've heard of it. This is is that wow. Fudgy the Whale? Yeah, is he a Carvel yes. <laughs> Okay, yes,
1: yes, Fudgy yeah. the Whale and Cookie Puss. Yeah, Cookie, cookie puss, puss is from there too. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And now now that my palate's a little more refined, I'd stay away from their hard ice cream. But I'll take a nice soft from Carvel, like a nice a nice dip with some sprinkles. All right. We got to shift this interview because I'm starving now. I have okay. a sweet tooth. I don't want to talk. Let's talk about guitars. Okay. Because those are cool. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I saw some background on you when you were like a little older, you know, kind of going from – the Midwest to the West Coast, but I didn't really see like how you, what your entrance into kind of music and actually like physically playing guitar was. Can, can you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I personally, like, I just don't think it's like, it was very, I guess it's, I guess it's mine. So I guess it's like, of course it seems obvious and normal to me, but it, Anyway, it's like nothing sexy. It's not like I was in a car accident and then this <laughs> angel with a guitar on her back pulled me out of, you know what I mean? It's like, or my dad was a famous musician. It's like I was yeah. just like a a kid with like a lot of creative energy and like a supportive family. So like they they just really, I have to commend them for like, you know, wanting to support me whenever I like showed an interest in certain things. And like, um, even if it was something that they were like, this is going to be annoying or Jesus really, we're going here. Um, so that was like, I mean, I, as like a little kid learned how to play the piano, had like piano lessons with like a mean old lady teacher. And then, um,
1: was her name. Oh, yeah.
0: Mrs. Mrs. Hammond. I swear uh, to God, because ooh. the movie The it's Witches came Hammond. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The movie The Witches had just come out, and I was like, she's a witch for sure. <laughs> um, I thought, yeah. I had a real conspiracy theory going with my brother about that. I was like, Did you see that painting in her living room? I think it's the painting from the movie. Oh no. Um with we the like kid scared captain. To go over there? Oh, so scared. We would have to go together because it was so fucking scary <laughs> and she would like she would have hit us if we like made mistakes, which I know is so whack and like would not happen now, no. but I also feel like it's like and then we like told our parents about it and they were like, You just don't want to take these lessons anymore. I was like, No, it is not about that. It is this right. Wow. Lady is mean. Uh, what yeah. are we talking
1: like? Like, like little slap to the wrist?
0: No, like at the back of the head. Whoa, like, you know what I mean? Hammond. Like she was Hammond, Take it Hammond. easy. Whoa. Yeah. Oh yeah. my
1: goodness. Where, where, so where was this? where did you go? Because <laughs> now I'm imagining something from like a Tim Burton movie when you grew up. <laughs> this, rich player. Uh,
0: this was in Battle Creek, Michigan. Uh, okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, we would, like, ride our bikes there together and, like... Yeah. Actually, a lot of, like... My brother and I are very close, and I feel like when you... Have to go through something that's like not cool, and you have like a buddy. It's like a very, it's a very strong bonding thing for the two of you or three sure, of you or however many. Sure. You know this. You're in a band. Anything terrible that has happened just brings your band closer together. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Like, we we now we have that. Anyway, it wasn't. You got it was universal that bad.
1: talking point, like the thing you can always <laughs> yeah. always talk about. Yeah,
0: remember this time? Um, yeah. So so yeah, piano, and then like I got into like, you know, the elementary school music program. And I was like, Oh, the trumpet. I like that. That's loud and obnoxious. And like did that. And then, um, and then I found this like toy guitar in our basement in the crawl space when I was like 12 and didn't know it was a toy and was like sick, a guitar. You know, (laughs) I'd never seen a real one in my life. So I didn't know that it was like a piece of garbage. And, um, I had a friend at school named Sarah Wilson who could play the guitar. And I told her, I was like, Hey, cool. Good news. Cause I was like reading spin magazine. You know what I mean? Okay. Just You're like, already
1: the, starting to get into, get into music by then.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was like whatever I could get, which was, you know, limited, this is pre-internet and I know there's like a lot of people who like to be like, I was born punk and I always had good taste and I never, you know, but it's like, I was listening to like grunge music because that's what had guitars and was a little loud that I could get to. And, um, I like wanted to be Courtney Love, which I remember saying this out loud and my mom, laughing so hard. Like, don't ever say that to me again. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> in hindsight, she's right.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that's that thing. I'm like,
0: yeah. 10 I'll, years yeah.
1: ago, I would have been like, the mom's a square. Now that I'm yeah. parent, I'm like,
0: eh,
1: Yeah, you know. No.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. I should probably call her after this and just like clarify that it was just that she had a band. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just wanted to have a band, mom. I just want to wear uh, co- like those cool yeah. dresses. It's not about. Yeah, that. I yeah. don't want a dead husband and like a drug situation. Right. Always my baby yeah, on Halloween. Yeah, a controversial. Person, PR presence. Anyway, none of that. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, anyway, my friend came over and was like, Hey, I hate to tell you this, but this is not a real guitar and you should come to my house and I will show you how to play a real guitar. And, um, so I did that and it was very cool. And then I kind of tried to like tune it up and use it. And like, I like painted it in a way that I thought was cool, but I, Thinking back now, no looked like shit because I was like twelve. Um, what was the vibe? The vibe was <laughs> early, early painting. <laughs> it was like kind of basic colors, like straight out of the tube, but like in geometric like patterns. It was like a black and white line work motif, and then some like uh, sh- shitty striping around the back and oh, sides. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was a kid. I didn't Sounds know about, like... Van
1: Halen, like Van <laughs> Halen.
0: I just... R.I.P. I just made a cake that looks like the Eddie Van Halen guitar for my friend who has, uh, like, five yes. Eddie Van Halen guitars. Um, did,
1: oh, the classic, the red? The red with white yeah.
0: stripes? Yeah, yes. yeah, totally. Um, which, I'm glad. I'm glad that I did that for him before he died because I feel like he would have just cried. Yeah, um, uh, brutal. Anyway yeah so so I like uh my family was seeing me be interested in this and like trying to learn on this plastic thing, and then they got me this like Yamaha acoustic guitar, which I still have, and uh was very useful for like cathartic purposes and processing weird, confusing emotions as like a teenage <laughs> person and yeah,
1: yeah it's just like just like whole. Just
0: like Courtney Love, my hero, which I'll say this. Another time my mom laughed in my face when I told her I wanted to be somebody was like, I was like four years old. And I said, I wanted to be Tina Turner when I grew up (laughs) and she laughed so hard. She was like, I don't think that's going to happen. Like (laughs) like, You ain't got the arms
1: girl. Yeah. Or legs.
0: Uh, We are just not very tall in this family. And
1: yeah. (laughs) It's Um, funny that stuff in in hindsight. I, I even had thought when I had my son, I was like, oh, like Bonham could be a cool name, you know? I'm like, right. like that'd be a tight first name. And then I yeah. sat on it for like a couple days and I'm like, wait. Asphyxiated on his own vomit in his late twenties. <laughs> hmm. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he is rad, but like, you know, maybe too rad. Like mm-hmm. maybe you gotta just set the standard a little lower. Like, I yeah. don't know if you're just like if you're carving out their future a little too solidly with a name like that, you know?
0: I feel that way. And this is not that I'm judging anybody's choices, but I always do kind of I feel like you're you're like hemming a child in if you give them like a very evocative name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's not really fair to like because then it's like you're expecting them to A like what you like and you know, I almost feel like there should be this chance when you are like Twenty-eight, where it's like, would you like to everyone? Would you like yeah, to just change right. your name? Right,
1: <laughs> that's really true. Yeah. That's a good point. Did you ever think about that, Brad? Yeah, no, I've
2: I really wanted to name both of my kids, one of who was male, one is female. I wanted to name either one of them Strummer, and then I dwelled on it after after I my wife didn't let that happen. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought you know, like they'll probably they would grow up, maybe you know, like with kind of an attitude about the clash or like punk rock, if, if you force that on them. And then the other thing is like, what you were saying is I'm a big advocate for give your kid, like a really kind of normal first name and then a really rad middle name so that they can, if they want to rebel, you know, and later
1: like, okay. So you give (laughs) the 28 year old option B. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Cause they're going to do it either way. You know, like, I mean, yeah. I know Mike, oh, my little sister has changed her name like three times. And I'd,
0: How old was she when she first did that?
2: She first did it like it was either right at the last year of high school or like when she went to college first year. Sure. Um, she was Brenda. She changed it to Brenna. And then Kay. now she's actually Lily. She's changed it completely. Wow.
1: So. That's some like Snoop Lion shit.
2: Yeah. So, but my kids have middle names of. Uh, Barrett is Mave, but I guess Barrett's a pretty cool name. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: that's pretty cool. And
1: then Oscar has Xavier with the X for the middle name. Whoa! So you you have the option for the X man, which is great. Right off the bat. <laughs> that's, that's definitely where it would go. Yeah, it's really. See, I think the question is, is like, is like. It would be rad if you had, like, the molecular scientist named Strummer. Like, what a cool, well-rounded person, you know, who, like, loves the clash and is named Strummer, but, like, knows how to do that. But, yeah. but are they ever a molecular scientist right. if you name them that? <laughs> right, exactly. You know, like, chicken or the egg. Like, did, did, does, it, does it, like, does it carve their path too much? Well,
2: at the end of the day, the real thing that really, I think, because I saw it in so many other... It's so fucking indulgent and selfish. Like, it's basically yeah. parents going, like, look how cool we are. We named our fucking kid, like, Pancake. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. then you make the Do whole you know- kid about you. Yeah,
2: that's exactly what it is. At the yeah. end of the day, it's just a selfish fucking... Not that you should name your kid, like, you know, Susan or Tom, but, like, you know... like Hey, hey,
1: you just alienated every Susan or Tom <laughs> who may listen to our program. Those are fine Dude. names. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I was thinking about, I don't know why I was thinking about this or have ever thought about it because I don't have children. But, like, I do. Maybe it's because I have, like, a lot of friends that are trans and, like, that whole, like, I have a friend who chose her name, which her name was a name that could be male or female originally. And then she had, like, made this, like, announcement that, like, you know, I, I I legally changed my name, and it was like very exciting. But I was like, I was like, I thought you're I thought you did change your name already because that name, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it's like a already, beautiful like,
3: fit,
0: yeah. Yeah. And then I thought about it more, and I was like, maybe it's more about like it's not about whether your name can pass for either gender. It's like about the fact that you're like reclaiming your existence. Yes. And then I thought, yeah, I think maybe everybody deserves the chance to do that because like what if you have some whack name that like really you don't feel like fits you and then I almost feel like with trans people being doing this it's like it like in a way I mean I know there are people that are like threatened by people living their truth and like that's sick and sad and I hope those people find their way but like for me it's like when I see somebody living their truth and like living the life that they want and making the life that they want. It's like inspiring to like, you know what I mean? Like, what am I not looking at that I would like to change? And like, right. yeah, you know, certainly. so yeah, maybe that's where it came from, but I'm, I'm into
1: this. I, I kind of second this amendment to like, to, to, at some point, maybe 28's a little old. Well, maybe I've seen too well, like, like, like <laughs> twenty five or something. Let's say. Oh, but, but know, if I like... had
0: chosen when I was twenty five, I would have chosen something obnoxious that's like a little too sassy that like I can't back up now.
1: Wait, what do you think it would have been?
0: I don't know, like some like. Demonia. I mean, I wouldn't. Like, you know what I mean? Like something that's like I would be bummed later when I'm like enjoying passing as like a totally normal person in public, day to day. Like you know,
1: if only bands had the same opportunity. Like you don't know, think like like you two or like Pearl Jam or like one of these bands, like twelve years in, would have been like, "Yo, can we please?"
0: <laughs> well, actually, now I feel like I'm. I read a lot of articles. Like, since June, about bands changing their names, that, that they were like, what is was it? The drive-by truckers changed their name to just DBT, I think. Oh,
3: really? And, like,
0: yeah, because he, the, the founder was like writing about it. He was like, I didn't mean any offense by this. And he like really went into like what he meant. But he was like, but it's not about what I meant. It's like whether or not this is culturally insensitive and harmful now. And so that, to you know, trackers? I'm. The drive-by part. was what he was, like, This as a white guy, like... I see. You know what I mean? Like, me using this phrase that, like, is loaded with all this, like...
1: It's actually a serious thing.
0: Yeah, and, like, anyway, I just thought it was very cool, and I was like, yeah, right, you know, you can change anything, kind of, at any time, if it's, like, if it's yours to change, and, like, I feel like a lot of... a lot of stuff has changed in the last... Fucking what? Five months? Four months?
1: Oh yeah, it's <laughs> so, a, a brave yeah. world out there. Yeah, I, I even heard you say that in another interview where it was uh, discussing kind of this idea, this conception people have, like, yo, just you know, when we get this and we get this and we'll just get back to normal, and like that's kind of not the idea, right? Like, is right. it's, <laughs> it's like we it's like <laughs> back to normal is kind of kind of a waste of time at this point and maybe even like a fool's errand right
0: yeah i think it's a little bit yeah like nostalgic which like wow we're in this moment where so many things are changing like to just like be crying for the way things were is like seems so stupid and especially like because it's basically the same sentiment as like make America great again, like right. really kind of knocks the fucking sense back into people that are feeling nostalgic without question. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right, like, right. do you know who you sound like right now? You might, yeah, might want right? to think again. Yeah so.
1: <laughs> yeah. so what do you yeah. think like in your, in your mind, like best case scenario, what's the best, the best landing spot?
0: Oh my gosh. Well, some way to like support or buoy businesses who are 100% dependent on things that are not possible right now that we yeah. should return to, like venues and bars. I don't know what it's like where you live, but in California, unless you serve food, you can't be open at a lessened capacity, which is yeah, like – so Yeah, all the same
1: here. In New York and New Jersey, the, the local bars and small venues are, are very much in trouble, yeah.
0: So either there's going to – suddenly we're going to have – People come to their senses and believe in like community rather than individualism and like yeah. be okay with like tax money supporting these businesses so that we can all fucking enjoy them soon, hopefully, which yeah. I don't necessarily have tons of faith in. Or like there needs to be some type of like slackening for those businesses. So it's like, okay, well, let's say you pop a food truck in front and then could we call this a restaurant and you can mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know what I mean? or
3: that's a good I saw
0: some friends in, like, the Netherlands posted that they had a show in this venue that was, like, they had determined that 20% capacity was what was safe, and so they set it up for that and had a real show and sold tickets. And, of course, the tickets are more expensive, but, like, you know, there's also – obviously, there's, like, a bunch of streaming shows going on, and when you partner with a venue, then, like, the venue gets to raise a little bit of money, too, right, which is, sure. like – we're trying to work with um, there's like a a beloved venue here that is like struggling and we're just like, okay, the next thing we do, we really want to work with them and like make sure that they get some money and like, you know what I mean? So it's like fully symbiotic and like people are aware that this is like, okay, so we're trying to pay for our studio space, but we also want to keep this venue alive. And um, I don't know. The other thing is like, just maybe don't have a jackass that doesn't believe in science as the president of the United States, so that we can <laughs> <laughs> move forward and like maybe work on like solving this instead of ignoring it and then uh, denying it and then hiding from it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: don't know. Yeah, that could help. <laughs> might
0: help. <laughs> Can't hurt. It Might help uh, yeah. a little. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, so just just to tune back a little, we never kind of finished, and I was I was wondering like. So we got to, you know, you learn in how to play a real guitar, you know, you're in, uh, Michigan, um, which story adds up when you talked about the creepy witch teacher and then said the name of the town you were from. I was like, yeah. <laughs> story adds up. Um, have, you been, have you been there? No, you I there? no witch? idea. It's just the sound. What was it? Battle
0: Creek or something? Battle Creek. It's yeah. where like Kellogg and Post yeah, are. Yeah, sounds
1: perfect. Like yeah. right out of a. Like,
0: Actually, it's also uh, where, sorry, the sanitarium famous in the road, road to Wellville is about oh, early man. sanitariums and yeah, stuff. Yeah. That was in Battle Creek.
1: Yeah. Oh, interesting.
0: Wow. Yeah. W- weird city.
1: Yeah. it is. <laughs> is. Wasn't it? Oh, yeah. And wasn't there some? I kind of remember a tie to cereal, right? Yeah. And the road oh, to yeah. Wellville. What was the connection there? I kind of so, remember just Matthew Broderick and cereal. Am I, am I thinking of the <laughs> right movie, right?
0: I believe it was the cornflakes were started as like yeah. this health food served at the sanitariums, but right, like, right. Um, Kellogg is still there, and I think Post was there, but that was like the big, like a like you know what I mean. All your friends, folks, somebody works for Kellogg or the automotive right, industry right, there. Right, right. You know what I mean. So. Sure,
1: that was the driving thing. So, what was the the scene like there, and how did you kind of get an entrance into you know more alternative music and thought and punk rock and all that?
0: Well, uh, we moved from Battle Creek when I was like thirteen. And we moved to um, the other side of the state. So we lived in a place called Northville, which is like a suburb of the Metro Detroit ring. And so I would go. There's shows downtown in Detroit. And then, Mm -hmm. like, also a couple. There's this little place called (laughs) Pharaoh's Golden Cup, which technically is a coffee house, which I don't even think I realized until, like, I was, like, like, 10 years later. I was like, oh, the cup. Technically, oh, it's a <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: coffee <income>. house,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, but it was like a little place where they had um, all ages shows, and like, cool. I would see like I saw like Good Riddance there, and like all like little local bands. And, like, um, there's like the Shelter underneath Senator's Hall. Um, so those both places would have like all ages shows, and then I left when I was like 18. So oh, okay. I could kind of only get into all ages stuff. So it was Pretty eclectic, I feel, because there wasn't enough like density to the scene to have like really thriving specific like genre splitting, yeah, sure, you know, so sure. but then also this could have just been that I was like a very young person and like didn't have access to those more specific things, like yeah you know, like you'd go see a show and there would be like a pop punk band and like, A rap metal band, (laughs) like you know what I mean. Where you're like, there's always one of these bands on these shows, like a ska band, and like all all in one night. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah,
1: I'm from New Jersey. We had the ska and rap metal mixed together.
0: Okay, (laughs) I thought that was just me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They (laughs) did it all. It was like it's like oh my god, how is this like System of a Down and real big fish in the same band? This is insane. I know.
0: No, it's very like. And I think that might just be like a young...
1: Yeah, you're just getting it together, you know? Yeah,
0: (laughs) why should I choose? I can have everything at once. And it's like, if you've ever been to one of those decorate your own frozen yogurt places, you know that that is a recipe for disaster. You can't, you can't put it all on there. You're gonna be fucking bummed out when it all melts and like, yeah, So
1: just too much, kids. It's too, too much. much. Just focus yeah. On your thing, just do your thing. <laughs>
0: yeah, so right. Right. We can learn.
1: I know, like that band. Let's say, like Greta Van Fleet or something. You know. Yes. Like, take a lot of shit, but you know they chose their thing. They're doing. They chose their thing. it. It's smart. Yeah. They ran with it. So it yeah. seems like a lot of your entrance into this world happened like after your hometown. <laughs> um you know going to college and going to the west coast and stuff um what so what was your first band
0: my first band that really was anything also I feel like uh, I just don't feel like I have a hometown that's like a weird thing where I mm-hmm. like when I talk to a lot of people who are like I'm from here and it's like yeah I mean i I grew up here and there but like I've Technically, I've lived in Huntington Beach longer than anywhere I've lived in my life, and I don't really feel like it's my town.
1: Yeah, yeah. I grew up the same way. I don't have like a place that I'm like, yo, this would be, I'll say New Jersey. Right. But, but yeah, like I don't have like some, yeah, I never got a letter jacket, let's say.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, (laughs) of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, well, so the first time I got to like play with people in front of people was, um, Pretty randomly, in this band called Ant or Anti, it was on it, they're on AF Records. So it's called um, Introspect, and that also hilariously, when I met these guys and I didn't have any friends, and they were super nice. They were like, um, my roommate worked at a guitar center, and um, so she made friends with these guys coming in to get some stuff, and then they came over to our house and like we were all hanging out and they were like asking my roommate if she wanted to play keyboard in their band. She was like, no, for some reason she said no, which I think is <laughs> fucking crazy. I still think it's crazy. Cause she's a very good piano player. Huh. And I was like, I'll play your keyboards. You know what I mean? Uh, like right. I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> And, uh, and they're like, okay. To,
1: thanks to Mrs. Hammond, you knew you knew what you were doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Run, hell, Mrs. Hammond! Okay, <laughs> yeah. it all comes full circle. Hammond's <laughs> right.
1: life teaches. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um. It, anyway, and then I was like, "What kind of band is it?" And they're like, "Oh, it's like old school punk and techno." And I laughed. I was like, wow, "Hilarious! Okay. You guys are so funny." And they're like, "No, really, it is." <laughs> That's cool. And what? I was like, "Like
1: Devo style or something."
0: It's like crust punk with like electronic elements, oh, which at the time okay. was, we were again at this, like this was 15 years ago, I yeah, think.
3: Sure. And
0: like maybe more, maybe it would have been like 2000, maybe f- three or four. Okay. Um, and there was like that electronic elements were like cutting into a lot of different genres, but it was still like, it was still novel. And then I think most, like most experimental things like that kind of died out, but like the faint, you know what I mean? That was like, that the the band was like, anyway, so I I like, I do remember laughing and thinking they were joking. And then they gave me a CD and I was like, oh, you meant it. Oh, it sounds pretty cool. Like, you know, so, uh, whoops. Um, And then we, they were just like my buddies and my nice friends. And I remember I had this like a, rotten, super controlling boyfriend that, like, just didn't... It's like he really wanted to, like... He thought he was, like, making his own girlfriend. So he'd, like, tell me what to do and, like, what I couldn't right. do and tried to, like, really criticize any choices I made on my own to the point where it was, like... I was just, like, okay, so anytime I, like, am independent or autonomous in any way, I'm going to catch a ton of shit from you. And then... Um, right. I t- it was terrible and I really it's like when I think about it I'm like who did that really happen to because I can't ever imagine myself now there you know right, which is sure. cool but I remembered I that's, um, that's
1: wisdom right oh my god we just, knew.
0: yeah and I, I told him I was like oh my gosh good news like I I'm in a band and he like flipped out like, what do you mean you're in a band? And I was like, what? I just, I mean, I'm in a band. Like, you know what I mean? Like I play music and you knew that about me. And like, you know what? I also don't have any friends. This is like great news for me. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, but obviously it was like bad news for him and his plans. And he flipped Mm -hmm. out and was just like, like tried to tell me like, like a, that I can't, And I was like, whoa, we're done. Like, you know what I mean? This is just like it opened my eyes to like how fucked up and whack our relationship had gotten under his like direction. And then he just, I just, I was really grateful because I got a out of that and just got to kind of see how messed up it was. Like, and like, they were just like my buddies and I had friends finally. And I could like go out and do things that I wanted to do instead of like. I was in this place where I didn't know where anything was or what was going on. And so it was like, I'm like kind of under the thumb literally of this person who's like, this is cool. And this is where we're going. And that's stupid. And like, it was just like, Oh my God, you're the worst. But did he have
2: like a, like, what was his reasoning? Did, did he just not have any?
0: He had very, he, well, obviously he had like issues and was insecure. Right. Um, but I think it, he just thought like his taste was the best. And like, I think he also thought that because he grew up out here and like, I was from Michigan and I think he thought it was like, he could kind of make his own girlfriend out of this like Uh, soft moldable clay human. And it was like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a person with like dreams and beliefs and feelings You know what I mean? Which, like, I saw in our relationship, like, he did not recognize that. It was like, he just thought I was somebody that he could, like, push around.
2: But he didn't even have, like, a line to sell, like, oh, no, you can find a better band, or, like...
0: No, he said to me, and I'll never forget this, because I fully... I'm very disturbed by people that don't believe in platonic relationships between people, because A, it's heteronormative to assume that men and women can't be friends without wanting to have sex with each other.
3: Right. You know what I
0: mean? And it's like, okay, well what about people that are non-binary or like not into heteronormative pairings? And like, you know what I mean? You're just, that's you. Um, <laughs> you're yeah, you're right. certainly something about yourself yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so he was like, I remembered him saying like, you're just going to be in this band with a bunch of dudes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just not, accept-. and I was like, well, what, are you ta-
3: uh,
0: what are you talking about? Like my friends are, a lot of my friends are dudes like and it's not a weird thing like why are you but it was just to control me yeah, you know what i mean I like i know it. this you yeah. know that's pretty obvious which i was yeah yeah i was like oh, okay so i mean my roommates were a lesbian couple at the time too which i was like oh well, you don't seem threatened by that you of know what course. i mean like yeah of like, course. <laughs> it's
1: like of course uh, the yeah classic, the classic trope there it's like a well, right. kind of, it's, it's ironic the band was called introspect
0: <laughs> yeah they're so they're great I mean I like was to have Thanksgiving at like da- Dave Small um is the kind of founder of the band and he's got the coolest fucking parents like his dad is like an astronomer and his mom was like an ex-nun and she's this fucking hilarious sassy brilliant woman that's wow. like just tons of fun and like oh my god I loved it I love those people so there's
1: like no one I'd want to talk to religion about more than an ex-nun an ex
0: none you know that's like, like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah she's
1: cool so that's awesome that sounds like a a uh, a good situation for you i i wanted to b- bring up something i have a question for you so so bad cop bad cop's been around for what like 11 12 years at this point
0: actually we're just coming up on 10 in, oh, okay. in january of 2011 but
1: yeah. and and you know so a decade's a long time And you have a very family type atmosphere and the way you present yourselves and make decisions. And just a lot of bands can't pull that off. So I wanted to ask you what's your trick in like communication or, you know, what have you guys done to curate it and to have that closeness and that longevity? Well,
0: thank you. First of all, that's very nice. Um, we, it took, it took work and like uh it's a it's a relationship um but it's like a complicated polyamorous relationship because yes. you know what i mean and we i'll say we things got better and like really deliberately kind of on that track when um stacy was getting sober Um, which, so we like things were going the way they were going for about five years. And then, um, Stacy got sober and like, there was like, you know, some trauma involved with that happening. And then when she was cleaned up, she just was very insistent that we like stay positive and like that there not be these like private like unproductive things, like talking about another person sure. f- just because you're upset or like um, like if you have an issue with a person, you should talk to that person and not right, right. the other people in your band who will then s- just end up kind of stoking the fire and like building these like invisible rifts and yeah, like eliminating
1: um, any elephants in the room.
0: Right. And then also just like really like Focusing on like honesty and like supporting one another, um, and like trusting one another, this all really had to be built up because, like, yeah, sure. we had been operating as like a band that is here to party, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know what I mean, for like five years, and that was fun as fuck, but like, you know what I mean, it also is not good for a relationship, yeah, um. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then like, even if you think you're like, I'm not the wild card, it's like, well, you're hungover and you're acting like a dick, you know? So you are the wild card today, friend. (laughs) But, um, yeah. So we just, that really kind of, you know, and then we decided to like, okay, we're all, we all obviously care about this. Like, so always remember that even when you like are having a hard time and you think there's like some perceived issues with people, like, someone a long time, a friend of mine told me this phrase that I like remember and forget and remember and forget. And it's always really helpful, but like assuming rapport, which means like, don't, Mm. don't assume that someone has a problem with you because then you have the, you have a problem. Mm. You know what I mean? Assume we have no problem and, and go from there. And it's kind of like a conflict resolution magic feather where like, you know, it's like, well, we're not going to have a fist fight if I'm not throwing any fists. Like, you, you know, right? You, so there's that's really just,
1: wise. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. Like I need to take that in myself.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I find myself too. Like you know, you just get a little off track, and like somebody's a dick to you, and you like take it personally and get all burned up about it, and then it's like, all right, that person doesn't give a shit about how I feel right now. Yeah, I need yeah. to just stop. I don't think it really was me, you know. And then all that comes up too, like people doing whack stuff to each other because they are just because you're in the way, you know what I mean? It's not really a problem that they have with you. Like we had a, we had this thing. I'm trying to see if I can present this in a way that doesn't like overshare, but like there was this like incident where like a person got mad at the band for something and like went around and like individually contacted everyone in the band multiple times about it to the point where we were like, you know, we try to communicate effectively. And if that means like the group chat's just going to confuse this, then somebody will be like, Hey, is there a time today we can hop on a group FaceTime? I just want to clarify something. And it's annoying to text. And like, when are you guys available? You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. it's, that's been very helpful. So we did one of those and it was like, everyone was like, what's going on? This person is like telling me that they have this problem and And then when I talked to you, it sounded like it had been resolved. And then I hear from them again, and I was like, hey, I think what's going on is that this person has their own problem. (laughs) Because we're all being really direct with each other, and we're being direct with them about trying to solve it, and we've already addressed it. And this person just is not woke to our like practice of like putting fires out. And like when someone seems upset, just being like, what is it? What can I do for you? Yeah. You know, like they just wanted to be upset and, and, and then other people in the band were like, well, I don't understand why they're so mad about this. I was like, I don't think it has anything to do with us. I think that we're just <laughs> right. like the chosen you're conduit a, for yeah, this you're person, a vehicle. you know, you're like a vehicle, yeah. we're just ca- a casualty. Like, That's so right. I vote That's that right. we not give a fuck about this anymore. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, it's like
1: <laughs> it sounds very unifying. You need, it's like the idea that like humanity will come together if aliens attack us or something. You need like, <laughs> you need the outside thing to bond you together. Like, well, yeah. Well, I yeah. did.
0: I was like, hey, while we're here talking about this, can we just appreciate that like this energy is so foreign to us at this point that it's yeah. literally like we're just concerned. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Remember right, us right. five years ago when everyone had a hangover and like something to be ashamed of in the morning? Like, you
1: know yeah. it was like very different. Just like so many things, Metallica was ahead of their time by going <laughs> to therapy on a documentary. You know. <laughs> it
0: was oh weird. my gosh. I used to dream about that for us. We were so like, I mean, so many things can be twisted up, but then that also gives me hope that it's like, look, if we can iron out a four-way family business marriage, you know, yeah. I believe we can change any system.
1: Well, one of, <laughs> Just, yeah. Like you said, it's one of the more difficult things to navigate, especially when, you know, when you're in a punk rock dynamic and there's no like sworn leader you right. know, and you're trying to actually run like a little mini collective, like a little mini democracy. And that involves uh, grown up and difficult styles of communication and conversation that just like some people aren't capable of.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. are they're just, It's not that they're not capable of it. I think they just don't. They haven't thought about it. Right. You know, because I know I'm sure you've been like the very rational sympathetic part of a conversation where the other person is like not ready to be productive and they just are still throwing punches and sure doing some gaslighting and stuff. And you're just like, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to go, you know, I hope you figure out how to talk to people, (laughs) (laughs) you know, your life will get better if you do. Yeah. Um, So often,
1: I mean, I've learned in my own communications that so often like, if you just sit there and listen and nod in a sort of unjudgmental way for 10 minutes, a lot of times people just kind of come to it on their own.
2: Yeah.
3: You right. know, they
1: start hearing themselves and they start hearing themselves say it. And they s- see a person looking at them with like an openness that they don't actually want to attack what you're saying. And then you start to kind of second guess it yourself. You're like, uh, that kind of sounds crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. It does work. But I mean, it's a good thing uh, in a way. So, so because you, you guys ran into another thing that really challenged that, which was, was Stacy being diagnosed with, with cancer, right? During your production of the last record?
0: Yeah, so, that was, I mean, that didn't challenge the band, like, interpersonal anything. That was just like, whoa, you need to, like... Let's look at this, you know?
1: Yeah, so what was that? Were you, like, in the middle of writing, or were you done writing at that point? Like, how did the chronology of that line up for you guys?
0: Uh, It was in December of 2018. Oh, okay. Um, And we were, let's see, we were just kind of getting started with... Getting really going on the record. Um, okay. We we worked with Mike, Fat Mike, and like he's so busy and like has so many of his own projects. And we were on tour, and he was on tour, and so it was like very very drawn out. We had started demoing in like twenty January of twenty eighteen, but then like you know, I felt like we weren't really digging in yet. It was like it was very sporadic and anyway stacy had been writing a lot all year like she really hit her stride and like was thriving and then this was like a really crazy development i yeah, think especially sure. considering like how she was like finally like she's like getting into yoga and like cooking and like all of the things that you're supposed to do to take yeah. good care of yourself and like But then as part of that, you know what I mean, paying attention to her body, she, like, found a lump and went to the doctor. And, like, um, which is, like, it's good that she was doing those things and, like, kind of had already, like.
1: Five years prior, that could have taken a lot longer, right?
0: It never would have been found, you know. It really never. And I guess the lump had been there for eight years or something, growing for eight years, which is, like. You know, so it really was that sort of like getting on track where you. So it sure. wasn't. I think some people, and maybe Stacy, hopefully not, but could have probably thought of this as like a like what I'm doing everything right and now this, and it's like well it, it had been there and you're doing everything right and finding it was the right thing yeah, too. Sure, you know, sure,
1: sure, sure. Yeah.
0: So that was like a very, you know, we were just like, okay, you do what you need to do and we'll be here, you know, like there, but she, I would say is the most, um, puts the gas on the band the most out of all of us, you know, like everybody wants this and wants this to thrive and wants the best for the band. But Stacey is usually the one that's like. Alright, let's get, let's do this. Like, you know what I mean? If you are yeah, like, I yeah, don't know sure. if I can do that, she'll be the one to get you on the phone and be like, it's a really good opportunity. I think you should think about it. And it's yeah, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I am, but like, so, um. Uh, Everybody needs
1: she, one. You need one. Right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah.
0: One. And sometimes yeah. it's like, stop it. Get off me. But then of also, course. you're right, you know? Yeah. Um, so she, which our agent is Brian Gorsucher from, uh, Nightbirds, and he's amazing. And I remember at one point he called me and was like, is this cool? Like Stacy's telling me to keep booking things, but I wanna like make sure she's <laughs> right. handle I was like if she told you to go for it, you should go for it. Because like you know we're I mean? yeah, she I she's mean, driving. Thank yeah. you for being a wonderful person that cares, you know. Sure, sure. But like yeah, if nice. she says to book this tour, book it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, you know, so and I remember she <laughs> we like I mean, it's funny and amazing in hindsight because she's okay, but like it was, there was like, she had had this like lumpectomy and then like five days later we were on a plane to Europe and she was like, my doctor got mad at me because I told her I was going to Europe at the end of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, yeah, you're not exactly taking it easy. like, <laughs>
1: like." So yeah, that's yeah. fucking rock and roll. So five days after the operation, <laughs> she, she split and was it? What was it, like festivals or like what was it?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of what we were doing. We were so busy that year. It was like we went to Europe a couple times and um, I can't even remember. It's so crazy. The, the pace at which everything had been happening until six months ago was yeah, like insane. Sure.
1: Well, that's rad. So, I'm, that's rad she kept going like that. Um, did, now, do you hear it like lyrically and, and in – are there any songs on the ride, like your last record, that are kind of encapsulating that experience at all, or did, did, was that more just something that you guys don't really want to talk through your music? No, about?
0: oh no. Okay, so <laughs> first of all, there's an amazing. Daisy wrote the coolest song ever called "Breathless," and it's about her experience oh, with, right.
1: yeah, okay, um,
0: the like anxiety and fear and like okay. you know, there's a lot of also. With health stuff and with mental health stuff, there's like a weird like guilt and shame hmm. that we attach to this, you know, so she just kind of goes like, through that. Like, it's,
1: well, like people viewing it as weakness or something like that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, you're like mad at your body for letting you down yeah, or like, you sure. know what I mean? Like, oh, no, cancer, which in our lifetimes has gotten less stigmatized. Of but course, like, yeah. you know, I do you watch the Midnight Gospel or are you into Duncan Trestle?
1: I do like Duncan Trussell, yeah. I'm a pretty avid listener of Trussell. Yeah.
0: Like, his interview with Anne Lamott, which also became an episode of Midnight Gospel, like, she talks about that. Like, her cancer in the 70s was like, we don't talk about it. You know what I mean? And And, like, now it's, like, it's better. It's, like, less stigmatized than it used to be. But there is that. Like, you know, even just any time I personally get sick, I'm like, stupid body, let me down. And it's like, (laughs) don't be like that, you know? It's not your fault. Anyway, she's just... (laughs) She really got into like the, she's a great songwriter yeah. and a brilliant lyricist. I mean, this the way she talks kind of around things, like she's, she's like a, like a fast little boxer kind of like she doesn't <laughs> right? actually, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck you said this, but you didn't say it, but you, you know, I just really admire her in so many ways. Um But yeah, she wrote a very cool song about that called Restless that we're hoping we were like this should be the first single. And then like the pandemic happened and it was like, maybe we should get a little lighter yeah, <laughs> for the right, first single. Right, right, right. We'll come back to it. Uh, you know, but anyway, and then, you know, a lot of the record, this happened about halfway through us making it, you know right. what I mean? And she was yeah. dealing with it and going through treatment and, you know, we're still touring. And she said scary things to me a couple times where it was like, Jenny, if something happens and I die, like just promise me you'll get these songs out. And it was like, wow. oh, okay.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, I yeah. hope that you don't die. <laughs> you know, like,
3: yeah.
0: uh, of course we will. Like, you know, and and I think it also sort of motivated her further to like write. She wrote so much okay. over the last like couple years. You know what I mean? And it was like at times it's like, I'm jealous, dude. You're just like pooping out amazing stuff because you're like, you know, she was like on fire and motivated by like the mortality of, or potential sure. mortality of this, which I think is like one of the beautiful things about things not being perfect is that like, they will inspire you and they, and you know, like right now things are not perfect, but like people yeah. are making changes and looking at things and you know, it, it is a balance. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, what's next? Uh, I know the record only came out in June, but uh, are you are you already writing, looking to the future, or are you just waiting for an opportunity to actually tour on
0: this record? Um, we're right now we're trying to like make use of the new um, kind of developments in like ways to perform. Um, and obviously we're hoping to tour again, but like that timeline seems to be moving ever farther into the future, you know? Um, but also everybody, I think really is a little bit privately enjoying the break because we were, it was like, this is the only thing that can happen kind of for the last few years, um,
1: isn't that weird? I had a very, a conversation with another musician on text, like just a few days ago, where they expressed to me that like, they're like, yo, I don't give a shit about not playing shows. And I was like, oh, my God, thank God you said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I I've, <laughs> I've felt this for like most of this time. I miss so much about playing music. I miss yeah. sitting down in a room with people and writing songs like desperately, you know what I mean? That hurts. But the idea of like loading up my shit and going somewhere and setting it yeah. up and playing for a while and sweating. Yeah. And like just breaking it down, and going back and doing yeah. that. Like right now. <laughs> I'm like, I've done that like like two, three thousand times in my life, you know? Like yeah. like I kinda dig this. You know, yeah. it is like a nice little
0: sabbatical. <laughs> I am glad that you said that too, because I I desperately wanted a break yeah. and like it was like, you know, I just knew it was like, this is unhealthy. You know what I mean? Right. Like I just, and I don't like being unhealthy and I, and I felt sort of trapped. Yeah and I know right. that, that saying that, like there's definitely people that are like, You're ungrateful. But it's like I I am simultaneously grateful and felt trapped. <laughs> I Any, promise
1: you. Anyone um, who says that's ungrateful, like simply yeah. has just not toured a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, Pretty yeah. Much. Right. Yeah. It's like I love this, trust yeah. me. And I and, and it's amazing that it can happen. And that's why I was am am still here and like you know, but at the same time, like I don't need to I, I just, it didn't feel sustainable. And maybe it's because right. I'm probably 10 years older than where I should ideally be for living in a van and <laughs> eat, eating out of paper bags. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's yeah, like, uh, you know, it's just, um, yeah. So it I gets just, little, I, I was. a little
1: less romantic by the year. It really does. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, so I was, I'm glad. And I have such a cute dog. You know what I mean? Like I get to like be home with her and like, um, I just, there was a lot of things that I wasn't able to do because, because that was like taking up so much of the time and space and energy. And like the fact that it's not happening is like, coming outside after a movie during the day, kind of, where you're like, (laughs) it was so dark and loud in there. And then you're like, it's 3 p.m. and no one's in the parking lot and there's no noise. And, you know, it's very, very cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. When you're used to something, you unexpectedly find yourself with all that time. That's nice. Well, speaking of the time, I'm I'm sure you have been able to focus on your art a little bit more. I had a lot of questions to ask you about your art, but we went off off track about other (laughs) things, like, like Miss Hammond and, uh, and baking <laughs> and whatnot. But I got to say, I was looking through your sculpture stuff and I love the boxes of death. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's like such a rad concept and so cool. Um, so I wanted to quickly ask about like where your head's at when you're creating those and are you actually like trying to convey any thoughts you have about like death or the body or the way it transposes after you die because it seemed really interesting the way you were setting those up.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, So that show is actually, um, I don't know if they're still doing it, but it was like a series of shows put on by some people out of the Pacific Northwest um, where they, I think they had like a like, a super custom build-out company. I'm sorry. Oh, Electric Coffin. I think that's the name of their company. Okay. Um, And they, like, came up with this amazing model where they, like, constructed these coffins and then mailed them out to artists. And then you ship them back, and then they would, like, exhibit them around the country and I think maybe the world. Um, And so I, like... Got refer, they worked with a, a woman named Tori Cook, who I love, who used to run a cool gallery that was in Laguna Beach. And so she was like, she kind of tipped them on to like a couple of artists that she works with, and that I was one of them. Um, and when I got the box, I just wanted to like, I kind of anticipated like a lot of like skeletons and like, right, you know. Right. Death and goth stuff, and I was like, okay. And I always try with art stuff to to go to zig when people would zag, just because right, like I right. don't, I don't think I would do it better than everybody else. So like my safest strategy is like, what is something that maybe somebody else isn't gonna do? Mm. Um, and I was like. One of those, I was like, I just watched the Carl Sagan Cosmos series like a hundred oh. times in a row because it's literally the greatest That's thing so ever. Funny
1: made. you say, I just I just started like like binging old Carl Sagan <sighs> YouTubes. They're so cool.
0: That series is, I think, is my favorite bit of any film to anything. You know what I mean? Like the yeah, animations sure. are so he's so inspiring and like. You know, so I just was, like, I felt very, like, it's very s- spiritual, like, sure, but also yeah, scientific, right. which I don't believe those things are mutually exclusive. And I just think, like, my favorite thing about Carl Sagan is that he is a spiritual scientist, sure. you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, and that the fact that, like, the reality of, like, living is death and, like, it is a cycle and the fact that, like, everything here, and unfortunately this includes plastic – that like exists will always be here and in some form or another. And like, to me that felt like, you know, eternal life, like, uh, uh, you yeah, know, and sure. so I wanted to like make up maybe more positive, um, spiritual interpretation of this like box, which when I think of mm. a coffin, like automatically I'm like dead body in it, putting it in the ground, you know what I mean? Like the <laughs> end, sadness, you know, morbidity, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Uh-huh. um, so I just wanted to, like, yeah. So I, I, and I think that really came out one of the times in my life when I made something that came out almost exactly how I wanted it to. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yes. Um, and then I did another one for them the next year that, like, I just really like anatomical models um, right. for a couple of reasons. Like, they're fucking cool looking. And, like, they were some of the first 3D Sculptures that I encountered yeah, yeah. as like a child, and I always thought they were cool. And like, um, I also love that it's like all of humanity. You know what I mean? There's no, mm-hmm. there's not like oftentimes like a face or a head or the skin is not shown in, so it's like kind of universal.
3: Yeah. Um, sure.
0: so I like that. And I like, um, like the reality combined with the symbology of like, certain organs and body parts like hearts and brains and lungs. And like, you know what I mean? I think I'm not alone in that, that that's yeah. like,
1: anyway. super cool. cool. I'm, I'm literally staring at a spine right now that hangs in my house. So I'm really with it. it's because of my wife. She's, she's into creepier stuff than I am. If, if it was up to her this this place would look like fucking Ozzy Osbourne's house. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah. I definitely
1: We were joking. We were watching Beetlejuice the other night and saying that essentially we're just those extremes. Like <laughs> I'm like the the guy trying to like look at mallards with his binoculars <laughs> and like leave my office made of pine alone. You know, and, she, and she's like, I need to sculpt my art and just like, yeah. you know, and make everything black with like candelabras everywhere and stuff. But uh, like, that, somewhere in the middle we meet and it, it works. Um, yeah. But awesome. Well, thanks so much. I didn't realize we've been going for so long. I appreciate you uh, taking the time and having fun with me and Brad. Oh, my
0: gosh. Thank you for having me on your wonderful podcast. Um, <laughs> and uh, this was very fun.
1: Good. Awesome. I'm glad. I'm going to go fucking eat some sweets now. <laughs> Good. Get that ice cream cake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm on, I'm on it. Chocolate crunchies. That was awesome. So fun. Now bro. I want ice cream cake. <laughs> Carvel? Carvel? Apparently, this is apparently it's an anomaly to everybody. I had no idea. Like she it's, even asked, "This is literally just ice cream in a circle," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's an, an ice it's cream an East, cake." It's an East Coast thing, and I don't even know
2: that. I think it's almost a. Tri- it might even be kind of a tri-state. Thing. Wow,
1: I never knew. I'm trying to I mean, I guess come to think of it, I haven't had a lot of ice cream cake out there on the road and stuff, you know. But, so,
2: like, there is, I like the classy non-carvel ice cream cake actually has cake in it.
1: Right. You it's were like saying.
2: It's like half cake and half ice cream. That's I mean that sounds preferred. delicious. Dude, I'll down me some some Carvel any day of the week. In fact, we yeah. had we just had an, a Carvel cake here last week. Ugh. And it was so good. The other little it was strawberry
1: crunchies though. It was a strawberry. Tasty. Oh
2: yeah, I can get down on those things, man.
1: Well, I would love to go to Jenny's house for those fresh baked chocolate chip cookies mm. that come right out of the freezer and then you get to just like review Beautiful art. Have a good conversation. She's like the best host ever. Oh,
3: yeah. But uh,
1: sure. everyone needs to check out the new Bad Cop, Bad Cop record, The Ride, which rules. And then Jenny Cotterill. I think <laughs> I'm saying it right. It's like when people say my name, uh, Benny Horowitz. <laughs> Horowitz? I'm like, do you see a fucking umlau over the O? You know? But I think I'm saying it right. Jenny cotterill that's her name on Instagram. That's her name on Twitter. And then Jenny has all the, uh, you know, the art stuff, the sculpture, all her different events and speaking that she does. Very uh, interesting person. Someone I, I walked away from the interview going like, I'm going to keep my eye out and always yeah. check out what she does. Really impressed with her art, especially uh, like I was saying, she did that. Uh, series the Death Boxes, which are just right. so cool. It's like this strange mix of like it's like three dimensional Frida Kahlo. It's like bizarre. It's right. and, and really cool and dark. And I told my wife about it. She was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" Right up her alley. So really cool stuff. Everyone should check it out.
2: Yeah, and check out the Bad Cop socials, which is Bad Cop Bad Cop on Instagram, uh, BCBC Music. Uh, on Twitter
1: yeah good group
2: oh yeah check out and definitely check out their music wherever yeah. you find it
1: <laughs> <laughs> wherever you find it maybe in a McDonald's happy meal
2: uh, and if you're loving on us and want to support us yeah go to patreon.com slash going off track. Mm-hmm. you'll see what the deal is. You can become a patron. You can join the team. You can be part of our gang, man. And we'll have yeah. some secret stuff. And guess what, Benny? What? I I was still recording that little bit at the end there where you were talking about lingerie.
1: Oh, is that
2: right? So it didn't appear. I didn't get it. It's no. not in the uh, main episode, yeah. but I do have kind of a lo-fi version of it that will be there available to our patrons.
1: People don't know how skilled
2: of a lingerie man i am yeah well our patrons are gonna
1: find out i don't even wear it (laughs) i tried to i did i did what a lot of kids i tried my mom was at work i put some stuff on (laughs) what about when you were
2: when you were pitching you used to wear women's underwear i thought
1: well that's just for good luck
2: yeah
1: (laughs) i tried i was like i I was like i don't i don't think i look good in lingerie yeah
2: I'm well, like I don't like the look here yeah, no, I think the smoking jacket is the way to go for you, yeah for me <laughs> I know that's what I would prefer personally. I'm just saying if I were gonna if we were gonna hang out somewhere like in public, I'd rather uh-huh. you had the smoking jacket than maybe like
1: you know well hot when red. we're gonna hang out in public, I'll make sure to give you a text first and ask <laughs> you what you would like me in' Because that would be really appropriate right <laughs> yeah hey brad c n forty five Uh, Any thoughts on what you want me to wear? Not the red (laughs) two-piece. I'm like, it's raining out. I can't wear the ascot. Brad, let me ask you a quick question before we leave. Okay. Okay? Yes. I just spent a lot of time before we did this sorting recycling. Do the people who pick it up spend the same amount of time sorting out recycling Don't or ask. does it go straight into trash somewhere? Benny,
2: there's a there's a saying that people like you and I should live by because okay. it may it may bury us.
1: But the tone of your voice is scaring me. Go on.
2: Do unto others as you would have others do unto you. This whole recycling thing I'm gonna fucking sort my recycling because <laughs> I wanna believe that somewhere it's getting done. And you know what? If we all do that, it'll work, right? It's all it's you, you just got to do your part. Everybody do your part.
1: It's very optimistic. You got to do you. it, man. Thank you. I will continue I, to. I, I, I live always in a big, do.
2: I live in a big apartment building and you know, we have a we have a space downstairs where everybody takes their like paper recycling and like I always break down every single fucking box because Oh yeah. my maintenance guys are going to end up doing it anyway. If I don't do it, so I it's do true. my part. Everybody, do your fucking part.
1: Very optimistic. And I then, appreciate your optimism, Brad. And
2: well, it this also is nice. It also, at the very least, just gives me uh, gives me r- righteousness to fucking bitch about it,
1: <laughs> and an excuse to have a box cutter in your pocket. Oh yeah, I appreciate this optimism. Someone I was speaking to the other day. Oh, we could talk about it because it was a nice thing. Friend of the program, Brian Fallon. Oh, yeah. Where we're having a conversation and we talk about, uh, old, old Donald having coronavirus. And I'm, I'm being a little negative, you know, <laughs> talking about how I think this is going to play out, usually with, you know, the world on fire. Right. And, and Brian's like, you know what? I thought maybe he would go the way of like, uh, Uh, Oh, wait, I'm ruining the story because I can't remember his name. Christmas Carol, who sees the three ghosts. Oh, Scrooge. Yeah, Scrooge. He's like, I think he might go the way of Scrooge, where he's given, like, you know, all the images of the future, and he comes out a changed man. (laughs) And I'm like, holy shit, that didn't even occur to me. And I was like, I don't think this is going to happen, but it's something you have no control over. And I appreciate the optimism. Absolutely. Even the fact that his brain went there meant he's a mere, more pure soul than I am. You know, because <laughs> I yeah. didn't even imagine that could happen. It would be nice. It would be nice if we. Could what if he all came out? Optimistic. A golden goose for America. <laughs> Here's healthcare. Here's a golden goose for everyone.
2: I want to believe it's going to happen, Benny. Yeah. I think so. All right. Well, let's end up on that upbeat note. (laughs) Everything is okay, everybody. And it's only going to get better. Woo-hoo. Tune in next week. Thanks, Jenny. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Jenny. Fantastic. (laughs)